Welcome to the Fitness and Nutrition Simplified Podcast, where we take all the confusing, conflicting information and break it down so that you can live your healthiest, strongest, most energized life. I'm your host, Brian Fitzsimmons. Let's get it started. All right. Welcome back, everybody, for another fun-filled podcast. Today, we are joined by Al Painter, one of the best, funniest coaches I've met when I was doing OTA two for anybody that remembers when I was doing that back a couple months ago. Um, Al, before we get started, I actually meant to say happy anniversary belated. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. 20 years stuck with me. I mean, canonization, sainthood, a medal of honor and anything else my wife deserves. (laughs) That's great. That's great. 20 years. That's impressive. Yeah, it, uh, it, it goes by quick, yeah. actually. And, <laughs> but it's funny, though. It, it, uh, hey, you know, when you're a kid, you think, oh, someone's been married for 20 years. They're so old. And, uh, like, 20 more, let's do it. I don't know if Jill's up for it, but I'm up for 20 more. <laughs> hey, I mean, if she's on board, you're good to go, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for anybody that doesn't know Al, he is like, his whole thing is helping parents regain their athleticism. So he also happens to be one of those people that has, it looks like every cert under the sun. <laughs> so just to name a couple that stand out, he's got the NASM, CPT, Corrective Exercise Specialist, TRX, cycling, you name it. The guy's got everything. Probably one of the few with the alphabet soup that's actually putting it all to use, though. Yeah, figure out a guy guessed correctly. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's my intro for you, Al. What would you add? How, what What do you want to tell the people as far as Al Painter, the the coach, oh, gosh. The trainer? Who is Al Painter? I didn't realize I was going to have to get so existential here. Al Painter is a copy junkie, Batman fan who lives in Eagle, Idaho, who loves riding his mountain bike, used to race his mountain bike, which is kind of how I fell into the whole endurance athlete scene. And I believe in basics work best when it comes to working out and that simple is not easy and that people should do less in their workouts because they'll accomplish a hell of a lot more. How about that? I like it. Except for the fact where you mentioned you're a DC guy. I was not aware. Oh yeah. Uh, I might have to swap you out for a Marvel person. It's been fun, Al, but we got to (laughs) go. I'm just kidding. All right. So one thing I noticed, because I do a little bit of a deep dive before getting people on the show, and I like to see if there's anything interesting. Most people, it's tough. They don't put a whole lot out there. But I noticed (laughs) on yours, you didn't start with, with exercise science or like biology or anything like that, right? You have a communications degree. So I do. what was the original intent with that? I'm, I'm guessing it was an exercise and fitness. No, it wasn't. When I was in high school, 89 years ago, there was a guy riding for Rolling Stone named PJ O'Rourke. And I wanted to be PJ O'Rourke. I, I thought it was just the best job ever. And then I saw Good Morning Vietnam. And then after seeing Robin Williams portray Adrian Cronauer, I was like, I want to be on the radio. <laughs> and uh, you got the radio voice. <laughs> I got the face for radio, too, from what I understand. <laughs> and then after that, when I got into college, I turned 21 and I took all of the liberties that come along with turning 21 and I put on a few pounds. And uh, my 
first or second junior year in college. I don't remember which one it was. <laughs> my parents got me a trainer for my birthday for about a week. And I told you, give me this guy for a week. I'll take care of everything else. So I got back into shape. And then that turned into doing a little bit of training in college. And then my parents said, hey, it's great you're doing this personal training thing, but how about we get a little ROI on the tuition <laughs> dollars that we pay to Santa Clara University, you know? And I was like, Ugh, all right. Fine. So I went into the, the corporate world for a bit, about six years or so, working online in a 95 or six, six, I believe. And it was when the internet was kind of in its infancy. And you could still get your name at hotmail.com. Like, that's how long ago it was, right? <laughs> I learned the internet from engineers. So I used to do coding or uh, HTML coding and all kinds of fun stuff. Marketing, biz dev, sales, uh, community outreach, a lot of copywriting, oddly enough. And then I got tired of it. My wife went on a journey with her career where she started working with actual human beings instead of in a corporate office. And she was going to work and coming home in this really weird mood called happiness. And I thought, you know, I want to work with the humans again, one-to-one. -one. I, I, want, I want to be more than just a number on somebody else's spreadsheet. I want to be my own spreadsheet, my own number. And I want to help other people get back into shape because I know what it's like to be in shape. I played sports through high school and the first couple of years of college until I got hurt. And then after that, it was just kind of like, well, who am I? I'm not a a baseball person anymore and I got out of shape and got back into shape and realized who I was and who I could help other people become and it's been an absolute blast since 2001 and I've met some incredible people along the way who luckily know a hell of a lot more than I do who have taught me a ton the stick mobility guys being some of the bigger influences Dennis Dumpy and and uh, Neil are just those guys are great those guys are great I've learned a ton from them and I continue to learn from them when I check out their stuff. So it's nice. 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 Yeah. And for those of us that aren't familiar with stick mobility, what, how would you explain it to somebody on the street? Like if you're at like a, a party with you and your wife and somebody comes up to you and be like, what's that stick mobility stuff I see in your page? Oh boy. Stick mobility is something every human being on the planet can benefit from. It's positional isometrics. If there's a range of motion, muscles take a joint through stick mobility will make it better. For endurance athletes, I wish I'd have had the sticks when I was racing. That would have helped my life a ton. I wish I'd have had them 20 years ago because my 50-year-old spine would be moving like it was 20. <laughs> but it's, it's great. It's great because you're not acting against a resistance in terms of like a band or a kettlebell or a cable pulley or whatever. You are providing the resistance, right? So you're doing it from up here, which forces the brain to talk to the muscles and you become very aware of where you are connected or more importantly, where you're not. And the sticks can fill in that gap nicely. So you can go strength with those. You can go power. Actually, uh, I went through the certification weekend a second time just to, to refresh and I was wearing a heart rate monitor and we were doing uh, stacked isometric exercises for about 10 seconds each. And it didn't take long. It was only about 30 seconds. My heart rate was 171, according to my, my watch. Yeah, 171. Wow. Got up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's very much one of those things that you will get out of it what you put into it. Yeah. And it was a modality that my clients initially like, what is this thing? This is dumb. We're pushing in down into a, the floor or a wall or whatever. And then the next day or so, oh, my God, 
I've never had glutes or abs that sore. What sorcery is this? Can we do it some more? I'm like, yeah. And then eventually I, I coached at a couple of their certifications as well, which was nice. nice. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, the sticks. Sticks are huge. If you are over, I don't know, 20 get sticks. If you're over 30 get sticks. If you're over 40 get sticks, over 50, you know, everybody should have them. I'll make sure to put them in the, in the show notes. Yeah, stick mobility is awesome. Yeah. And do you have, you've got plenty of stuff with stick mobility. I've seen the, the videos on your page, right? On Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The beauty of the sticks is, is you can prime every exercise that you do. There is a drill that's a squat drill with the sticks that primes a goblet squat perfectly. There are drills that a lot of people can't get into their lats. So there are a bunch of drills to open up the chest and the shoulders to isometrically activate the lats. So when you're doing like a TRX row or even if you're working on pull-ups or something like that, you can get the brain talking to the muscles, which is really what you want to do in your exercise, right? Get your nervous system to get muscles to move bones and get stronger. Yeah, exactly. And that was actually my next question is like, how do you like to program it? Because I know a lot of these modalities, like they look so cool. And like, I know as trainers were like, this is awesome. I'm going to throw it in my program. And then you get home and you're like, shit, where does it go? Right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and I fell in love with my fastball after I got certified. I'll admit it, you know, and and, uh, it's a common mistake that trainers make. And I've been doing this for, what are we, 20, 22, 21 years. And I still fall into that every once in a while. Yeah, you want to overhaul the entire program and you're like, we're going to do nothing but this. Overhaul and overkill, I guess. Yep. (laughs) Right? But it's primarily for the warm-up now with the people that I train who have the sticks. And then you can put them into prime something. So if somebody has trouble, let's say, doing a lunge because maybe the knees hurt, there are ways to mobilize the hips using the sticks that will open the hips up to get more freedom of motion from the hips because the glutes are working better. And then you can get somebody to move through a range of motion pain-free, right? I mean, it's always individual results may vary. If you got some structural thing going on, that pain's not going away. But a lot of the times the pain's coming from muscle imbalance and something's lined up where it's not supposed to be. And if you can get some support muscles to activate, they'll release other muscles and you get better range of motion. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how that stuff works so well. Yeah. And would you agree that like most personal trainers that like know their stuff, it's kind of like, like their programs are almost like a sexy sandwich. Like you got the sexy stuff to start and finish. You got like the new stuff, the modalities and everything, the beginning to prime you, then everybody kind of sticks to the bread and butter in the middle. And then at the end, you have those fun finishers or like the arm stuff. And it's like kind of in that realm. Would you say that's kind of how you program? Kind of fun finishers. <laughs> fun. I'm our, glad our the only one that tricks clients by calling them fun. Yeah. Well, my clients, they know me by now. When it, like when I, I get, Ooh, when I make that noise, they're like, Oh no. <laughs> and they always tell me your definition of fun is a lot different than, than actual fun. But I asked the next, you getting stronger? Yeah. oh but as far as my programming goes it has changed quite a bit since march of 2020 for obvious reasons it's more total just move so i'll have people this is a dan john drill that it'll blast your heart rate oddly enough getting up and down from the floor you go to the floor and your stomach you stand up you go to the floor on your right side you get up left side up to your back up you do that for three minutes you know you're huffing you're puffing you're ready to go I think a lot of people 
get a little too wrapped up in, okay, we have to do 14 different drills to warm up to get all of these body parts going. And that's fine if you've got the time and you've got clients who have the time to go with that through you. But there's something to be said for efficiency and simplicity, yep. right? So I'll have people do get up and down from the floor and they maybe mix in some bird dogs and some dead bugs. And at that point, we've taken every joint in the body through every range of motion it's supposed to make and we are ready to go. It's yeah. just, it's easier. It's easier. A lot of people that I, I train, they love the bodyweight Turkish get-ups because that does everything, right? So I think the more simple, the better. And then when you start with simple, you're not fatiguing somebody either physically, mentally, or neurologically, so they can actually do their workout, right? I'm not going to take somebody through a 20-minute workout to do 15 minutes of goblet squats. Yeah. Right? Goblet exactly. squat is you're here, you sit, and you stand. Now, in that, the more force you do here on the way down in the goblet squat, so if you hold those horns, you try to rip them apart and do a pull-up at the same time as you pull yourself into a squat, you have just exponentially elevated the difficulty level of that squat you can take a 20 oh, pound yeah. bell and you can blast your heart rate if you turn on more muscle on the way down and we must have been the at the same dan johns we must have been at the same dan john se right? uh, seminar because when he showed that like the pulling apart the handles like that's why having the kettlebells is such a big help because yes. you can't get that with the dumbbell but when he showed that and like explained it i was like I've never felt my lats in a squat ever. <laughs> and then when you do, it's like, that's part of your core. Lats can be right? classified as core. And then all of a sudden people's backs feel better. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. When we moved up here to Idaho, I drove 2,200 miles in six days. I drove up here, got the truck, drove back down to Mountain View. A few days later, turned around and drove it back up. I was cooked, fried, uh, stiff. Back was killing me for a little while moving stressful, moving state to state, a little bit more. And what took care of that for me, again, individual results may vary, was hanging and heavy goblet squats. Just it yep. brought everything back online. Yeah, again, simplicity. Simplicity is what it fixed my issue, right? So most of the time, simple will take care of stuff. So if you go simple in the workout after you've done simple in the warm-up, simple in the finisher is easy. A lot of people get worked up and hit, oh, I want to jump on piles, this and that. It's like, well, why are you doing that? Are you getting paid to be able to cut on a dime and catch a ball, kick a ball, throw a ball, hit a ball? No? Why are you doing that? Instagram. <laughs> what, what is your day look like? <laughs> I get up, I go to work. Okay. And then I come home and the kiddos want to play. Okay. So where in there do you need the fitness level? of an extreme elite level professional athlete. That's not what your day calls for. Your day calls for getting up and down from the floor. Your day calls for picking up a load and carrying it, AKA kids. Your day calls for potentially crawling on the floor with loads on your back, which is a lot of fun. And maybe, you know, some kind of explosive chop where you're throwing the kids onto the bed, or if you have a pool, make a mistake of doing it once <laughs> oh, that ends right so it's it's like like Dan on says what do you need this fitness for just be fit for that task no more no less and it just makes life so much easier and then people say oh i'm not as tired 
yeah, that's weird because you didn't trash your body. Oh, I'm not as sore. No, you didn't trash your body. It's easier to play with the kids. I have more energy. That's weird. But that's how it should go, right? So the finishes yep. that I do, I just take out rest. Some really simple exercise and just take the rest out or reduce it. That's it. Yep. Yep. You don't I have think to be crazy because at the end of, of a workout, the brain's oh, not yeah. going to be able to coordinate much anyway. Exactly. Keep it simple. Just don't rest. And you want your heart rate to go up? It will. Yeah. That, I mean, that's one of the benefits of having a coach is we trim the fat in every way possible. <laughs> yeah. Because so many people like see so many things and they're like, I got to do it all. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole, you know, cardio, plyo, lotties, kickbox, kickbox X class approach is just kind of like, First of all, it's so, wait, wait, life, you're saying body pump is not a good class. I'm saying that when you try to get your brain to coordinate the body to get good at a lot of things, it ends up being the master of none. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm and, saying. And that's something that like, especially back to J Dan John, I mean, like he threw out that Bruce Lee quote right away where it's like, you don't fear the man who's thrown a thousand kicks once. You fear the one that's thrown that one kick a thousand times because that's the oh. deadlier one. Yep. That guy knows what's up or that girl knows what's up. They'll take you out quickly because they've perfected, they've crafted that movement pattern. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, that all being said, like, I mean, that shift is so, I know I've brought it up on a bunch of podcasts where it's like that shift from beating your body up and kind of feeling like I got to earn this cookie or earn like the right to enjoy myself on vacation. When you make that switch to, I want to feel better during the day and I want that energy boost. That's like a gigantic game changer. And I know that recovery plays a big role in that. So when you're working with people, what's like the split, like how many times a week, like what are some things that you guys work on to really jack up the energy? Put the pot of coffee on and hit power. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Well, it depends, right? Because everybody and everybody is is different, right? But what I need at age 50 is different than what you need right now because I beat my body up moving to my left rotationally for God knows how long. And then ultimate frisbee and then racing a mountain bike with repetitive stress and crashes and everything. So what I need is a lot different to, to stay functioning and, and be able to play with my kids than somebody else whose body hasn't gone through that or has gone through something else. Mm -hmm. so it uh it depends i guess is is the long and short of that whole answer but okay. it's more of okay let's do the eval is your butt working yeah all right cool let's go to step two your butt's not working why not let's figure it out do we need to connect a diagonal shoulder or oblique to that opposite glute that's not working yeah okay well let's do that did that just reconnect it yes okay cool then that's probably your issue and that's not going to be fun to fix, but it can be done. And then is it, or is it the other diagonal? Can you hold rotational force and resist it from one side to the other without something hurting? You can? Great. Then let's keep going. And then are you new? Is going for a walk going to be your workout win for the week? Yeah. All right, cool. Five minutes, go. Mm -hmm. That was easy. All right, we'll do six tomorrow then. Well, that was easy. Well, then do seven. But I want to run a marathon. How many times or how many steps does it take to do that? A lot. What do you start with? The first one, you know, there so, you, the, you know, the journey of a thousand calories is it starts with the first rep. So you keep it simple and just get people out of the mindset of working out programs. And 
No. I, I tell everybody that I train, stop working out. And they look at me like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I told them, just develop a movement habit. Because a habit is a lot easier to stick to than a really rigid adherent program. And once they figure that out, particularly the parents, and they realize, oh, I don't have to work out for 60 minutes and kick the absolute bejesus out of myself. No. 20 is plenty? Yeah. 20 is plenty. You're super busy? Yeah. Yeah, just do big rock movements, squat and press, hinge and pull, and then a you know the other thing as Dan John calls it. Then yeah, you're good. <laughs> you know, I mean, so many people that I train, they'll give me uh, you know, hey, I got ten minutes. What can I do? Well, go hook up your bands, okay, and squat and pull for twenty seconds. Rest for about ten or so. Turn around, hinge and and press. Or, I'm sorry, squat and press, and then turn around and hinge and pull. Set the timer 20 on, 10 off times 10. That's five minutes of pretty good exercise. Do that two or three times and then see ya. Oh, I'm so glad I did. I felt so much better after I felt accomplished. I felt like I'd go on my day with more energy. Yeah. You didn't have to kill yourself for an hour, did you? No. And I'm sore the next day. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Basics. Simple. Easy. Yep. Yep. And then once and when people get that, you eliminate a lot of the energy expenditure from the stress of programming their own workouts and you let them know that you're going to go a lot further by doing a hell of a lot less and then you're not robbing peter to pay paul and taking energy from one place that you're going to need in another one right because if you've got yep. mental stress throughout your day work kids whatever putting that physical stress on top of that is still a stressor it's a positive stressor but it's still stress so you've got to find that balance of what is your stress threshold and how much of that can you play with? And, oh, yeah, if you're not sleeping eight hours a night, seven hours a night, don't even try to do anything. Difficult. 15, 10, 15 minutes, focus on basic movements. You start sleeping more and you feel better in the morning. Okay, let's start doing some split stance, single arm, push, pull, and that kind of thing because you can coordinate it better. You got more, more energy. And then people, then they get it. Then they get it. They, they know, they finally realize that, okay, I have a hundred miles of gas, which nowadays costs about $89,000. And uh, I, I can drive, if I do it right, I'll drive really efficiently 90 miles and coast the other 10 and finish that the last 10 miles with some juice in the tank and I can go about my business. And then they're, they, they have a lot more fun. They feel better and life just gets easier. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing when it all just comes together oh so nicely. Yeah. yeah. Now, where when you have when you're working with somebody, I'm going to shift towards like the performance end because that's okay. like I know that's where us fitness professionals like to nerd out. So, uh, when it comes to like the biking and when it comes to the running and stuff, I know like I've spoken to like a good amount of people like on social media that are like I run this much, I cycle this much, I work out, but I just can't lose the weight. What would you say to those people that are like, I'm doing it all. Like, I know that you're big on trimming the fat, but if you were to give like a bare basics to somebody that enjoys running, enjoys cycling, what would that look like? I tell them to do less and sleep more initially. And then I would tell them to talk to somebody and potentially go over their inflammation foods that they might have, because if they don't take care of that and they're not sleeping, the perfect workout will never exist. It doesn't exist anyway, but it's going to be a lot harder. Then I would tell them, you got to put some muscle on first. If you want to lose the weight, you got to put on some muscle, which means that 
those four hour zone one or two rides that you need to build your aerobic base. If you're preparing for an event, you need that. If you're not preparing for an event and it's just general population and just kind of fun fitness, put on the muscle, you'll enjoy that a lot more. So I, I would have them put on the muscle and I would, if they're running or riding, they would start a steady diet of single leg isometrics. All right. I like that. And when you say yeah. single leg isometrics, what, like if somebody were is listening right now and they want to like, look it up on YouTube, what are some like good exercises that are like your bread and butter that you thought you find yourself putting on a bunch of programs? Ha ah, the, the one that we I all like, have that couple. We all have a couple. Yes. The one that I like the least is one of my people that I train. I'm sorry. The most is one that they like the least is it's on my YouTube uh, channel. Yeah. I'll link, I'll link it for anybody that's interested. Cool. It's an isometric wall push and a side wall push. So what you do is, you know, the, the rear foot elevated split squat. Mm -hmm. Okay. So instead of putting your foot on a bench, you put it against the wall behind you. And there's a 45 degree angle from the hip to the knee. And then essentially you just try to spread the floor, right? Cause you're pushing from the back against the wall. Well, something's got to stop you up front. Right, you got one glute pushing against the other one. You get it out of it, what you put into it. Right, so we're we're applying force away from midline. The next one is you do the same thing, but you're standing next to the wall, so the wall would be on my side, right? And you pick, you drop down, and you put your hands on your knees. So you hinged over in a forty-five degree angle, which is about where your hands are on handlebars, and you pick the inside foot up about two, three, four inches, you try to put it through the wall. That's I like it. that. That I is like that. that is that. Do it first, then answer that question. <laughs> because yeah. it's essentially what you do with a band around the knees for the sidestepping, mm -hmm. but what you're doing is you're using this to do that, right? So you're activating a lot more of your core and you're forcing that outside hip to resist force that's coming, going one way and coming back the other way which is riding a bike or in, to an extent running on a trail when things start to get off camber. So you're saying like that when say for runners and stuff, that lateral strength is really like a big point of emphasis. Yes. Because if they don't have that lateral hip strength, Q angle, right? The knees are going to start coming towards midline and people who do that circumduction, right? Where it hurts your ACL to watch them run. Oh and yeah. You look at the bottom of their shoe and it's really worn on the pad area by the big toe under the ball of the foot. They need that big time, right? You, you it's shouldn't interesting get, to say that my shoes kind of look like that. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't get RPMs measured in your cadence. I mean, I shouldn't revolutions and circular revolutions rather than straight ahead. Yeah, those two things can go a long way. Ideally, ideally, ideally doing them both barefoot where you're grabbing the ground for dear life with the pinky toe and the big toe to get the intrinsic muscles of the foot to activate as well. So the, those two right there, you can have a ton of mileage with that. So one of the things that, that I like to do that my clients hate is we will do one of those two isometrics, throw in a body weight single leg squat where they're reaching across their body, dynamics. Then we go back to that isometric, 30, 30, and 30. That's 90 seconds of time under tension for the hips. And if you don't have heavy weights at home and you like working out there, I'll do it. That, that sounds like a killer. <laughs> oh, it's brutal, man. If you ever want to find out how deep your well of profanity goes, 
<laughs> that, that sequence will help you there quite a bit. I feel like it's pretty deep, but I, who knows? Maybe there are limits that have been unexplored. <laughs> that's yeah, that's awesome. Good, that's good right there. Especially if you're training at home, use isometrics to make your dynamics harder and then stack an isometric after that. It, you can, it's possible. It's very difficult to screw up an isometric. It really is. It really is. They're about one of the safest ways to go. Yep. And when you're there, you feel everything like how you were saying, like the intent, like when you get out of your head and you're not just doing it, when you can hang out there and really feel it, that's where you figure out what the movement problem is. Like if somebody yep. like hyper extends their back and then it, their lumbar is flared up, they're like, oh, maybe if I just adjust a little bit, big difference. Yeah. Plus send that force this way when the outside hip has to drive it it's it's kind of like what you do when you're cornering on a bike right you're sending force to your left to go to the right and vice versa so that if you're a mountain biker specifically going through switchbacks uphill the most then you need to have that lateral strength and, and people yeah. don't and it's not because they don't think it's a good idea it's just they don't know yeah, they don't know about that rotational strength and stability of the spine. It's just so critical because most low back occurrences happen when you reach over and you cut. Oh, there's ibuprofen in the Jack Daniels. You know, <laughs> that rotational plane is where most low back occurrences take place. So there has to, has to, has to be anti-rotation and diagonal exercises in a workout. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, I mean, those are like, we, I just had a uh, Nathan on the other day with the golf stuff and we were oh, talking, nice. we were talking all about the rotational component and it really is o overlooked because I mean, other than Russian twists, how many times have you seen somebody do like a Palov hold or like how many times have you seen somebody do a rotational med ball slam? Uh, unless I'm looking at Eric Cressy stuff, nobody. Exactly. Right? And it's like, I wonder why the strength and conditioning coach for the Yankees does it. Maybe I should. Because it works really well. <laughs> because it hurts. That Because it's like a pal-off press or an isometric pal-off, split stance pal-off, half kneeling, tall kneeling, single leg, whatever pal-off press hurts. Oh, yeah. And it, it's not sexy. It's, it's rarely Insta-worthy, which those are the accounts that I follow the boring ones because that's where I learned the most. <laughs> and it's, it's very difficult to go beast mode and crush it for your fit fam on social media by just right. Yep. However, the people that do that consistently, you have a lot more fun being awake doing everything else that you enjoy. Oh yeah. I, it's funny you say that because it's like the further away you can get from Instagram worthy, the wow. better off you probably are. Like yeah, if somebody Instagram was to... workouts are insta worthless, man. I mean, it's yeah, it's it speak above the noise. Look at me. I get it. I get it. You know, I've done enough marketing to know. However, it's almost a disservice. And I think the fitness industry is its own worst enemy because I've spoken with so many people who don't start exercising because it looks scary. They'll say that looks too hard. I'll never be able to do that. And then I tell them, well, I'm not going to be doing a one arm pull up holding on to a flaming chainsaw while I'm trying to kick a, a something somewhere else. I'm not going to do that. I can't do that either. I don't want to do that. You don't need to do that. Right. Yeah. It, it seems like the social media is just taken over by the look at me, which makes total sense. Well, sure. And then you see like the teenagers and the 20 year olds in the gym 
doing the exact same thing and you're like, ah, I see what you're doing. But then you see like a 40, 50 year old do it and you're like, no, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it, it is a little scary because it, it almost feels like we're trying to increase the barrier for entry because there's like some sort of uh, like glorification about it where it's like I work so darn hard when it's yeah. like you're working way harder than you need to. Just like you were saying, if you dial it down, you probably would get way better, but way better results. Yeah, you have to think every workout that you do, the perspective has to be, OK, I just finished this. Could I do this workout? 20 years from now? Yep. If the answer is yes, with you know minor tweaks, time under tension, intensity, speed, load, then yes. If the answer is no, because I'm so crushed, then you can't do anything the next day because every joint in your body hurts. And it's like, you might want to re-examine your strategy. Yep. I love that. Love that. Because it's almost like diet. If you can't do it forever, what the hell is the point? Yeah. Yeah. I think... It, it's just lifestyle versus whatever anti-lifestyle is. I don't know. I haven't had coffee in a while. I forgot. <laughs> but it's more like just be real. Be Understand what you need. And you can play for a couple, three weeks at a time, you know, a couple times a year. But that, don't make that your workout every single time. Your body's going to break. Oh, yeah. And speaking of playing, when you see like – adults try and jump right back into their sports without like any sort of conditioning or anything what would you say to them like what would be like some words of wisdom you'd like to give to people that are like oh i want to lose weight so i'm going to just play a bunch of basketball or like cycle with my friends for miles for the first day i would tell them get used to hearing the doctor will see you now <laughs> pretty much pretty much because it's it's little and often over the long haul like dan john says right it's like you you have to start at the beginning you can't start in the middle or at the end because you're not there you're not there anymore right you have to start slowly if you want to play basketball and go left and right explosively okay let's try a couple different things a can you get in and out of a chair the right way because that's a squat and squatting is the beginning of jumping and What's your lateral hip stability like? If you take an explosive step to your right, is your right knee going to explode? Or to your left, the same thing. Let's get you isometrically proficient in each direction before you start doing some dynamic stuff. And, oh, you haven't gotten your heart rate up above 80 in the last five years? Maybe we should start with that a little bit too. And just slowly, slowly, incrementally, fundamentally simply increase work capacity because the worst part about doing something is doing it and getting hurt and then you can't do it anymore or at least yep. for a while well, I, I right. that the hard way there was i was yeah. uh, i was coaching baseball and 13 13 13 14 year olds and i was sprinting with them because i could i could i could keep up with them right and i was doing a workout earlier in the day and my left glute wasn't firing. And I was getting a little more activation out of my left lateral hamstring than I wanted. I was like, all right, well, whatever. And I, that's a huge sign. Like that was riding on the walls and that was a uh, sky riding and, and billboards and my body telling me, don't be stupid. And I decided to, ah. <laughs> and about eight weeks later, after my pulled hamstring healed up, 
you know, I could play again. The first 80 feet of the sprint were great. It was out front and everything else. The last 10 feet felt like there was just, you know, some elastic snapped and I got smacked in the leg and all because of the ego. It's interesting how those stories are always so, so similar where it's like, well, I felt this one thing and I just said, ah, screw it. And I pushed on anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So now when I'm doing workouts and whatnot, I think, okay, is that my ego or my body that wants that workout? And then I, I can basically, I keep myself in line from there. Yep. Yep, totally. And that stuff does not have an age limit. Let me just tell you right now, because I, I, what was it? I was like 27 when I popped my hamstring, same, same concept, jumped right out of the car, played a softball game. And then I'm running around and I'm like, something feels a little off. And then on the way to first base, pop, it, it happens. Extension that'll get you. (laughs) It happens. It's weird how, like, especially in the adult softball leagues, Oh, every single right? game somebody strains or pops or tears a hamstring every time every yeah game. and and if you're doing the softball thing there and you want to finish your season and not become a cliche raise his hand mind you get into a split stance and push alternate arms single arm two arms and simulate that hip extension and straight leg when you're sprinting and maybe even holding that out front, go push a sled, do some form of isometric where you're pushing your leg behind you, you your life's going to be a lot easier. Yeah. That, that isometric pushing back is a game changer. Right? I know like Pat Davidson's really big on it. And it like, for anybody who's not like catching on to like what we're talking about, it's like when you flatten your foot out behind the wall or on the wall behind you and you really push in hard that lights up every part of the back of your leg and if it doesn't then it's a good sign that we need to fix something before something needs to be fixed exactly and just curious if you did have a client like that that it's just not firing things are not feeling how they're supposed to like in the back of the leg what would be your first thought because i have a i have my thought process i'm just curious what would you start with i would go with the sticks and i would try to get some diagonal activation of and i'm assuming we're talking about a glute and try to get that glute to fire using the opposite muscles up the movement chain either what's let's call it left glute because again raise his hand i would go after the upper right back to try to get that and i would go after the lower right hand corner of the obliques to try to get that and luckily more times than not that's brought home the bacon and, and people, oh, I feel my glutes. Okay. Yep. A couple weeks, you're not gonna be happy you're feeling your glutes, but that's good. They're working right now. <laughs> and then there have been people, they're called triathletes, that I have told go see a physical therapist because you've got more issues than what I can fix. You need more. You need somebody to dig into their psoas and oh, subscap and uh your hamstrings and get out a whole string of pearls that is in there before I can help you. Cause you have too many things that are getting in the way of your brain talking to your muscles the right way. But I stretch all the time. Well, no, all you're doing is stretching out the muscle fibers on either end of that knot. You tie a rubber band in a knot in the middle, pull it apart. That's what happens when you try to stretch out a knot. You can't do it. You need that. Mm, right. Or, or acupuncture or something like that. So it depends on the severity. I, I have had 
right. a couple of people, luckily it's only on one hand that I can count that haven't been able to activate their glutes, All right? Because most of the time it's just the nervous system. So when you can figure that out, you're a lot better off. And then the, the four, four or five that I couldn't, I sent to somebody who knew how, and they sent it back to me and then we were good to go. Yeah, and it does take a lot of like, I don't know what the word is, like, I guess humbleness to be like, okay, I can't help you just yet. You got to go see a PT because there aren't a lot of coaches out there that would do that. So it's like, you, you need to have somebody in your corner. That's like, this is out of my space. We need to really dial it back to bring you back in. Yeah. It, it, you're doing a disservice to two people, the one you're trying to help and your reputation. Yep. Right. And you can't over deliver from under promising if you can't deliver the first step exactly you can't do that and and i think it's good because it gives you more credibility to know that there are people who know more than you do and your ego is such to where you realize that that long term because you're looking at a much bigger picture that other component plugged back into the one that you're trying to help is going to be a lot better long term and people appreciate that they appreciate the heck out of that yep yep yeah. I mean, it's really not so much you and the coach, it's you and your health team, you and like your doctor, your physical therapist, what, whoever you got involved, the bigger and stronger that that core, that group is better yeah. off you are. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It, it, it just, I, I'll never understand the, the trainers regardless of how much experience they have. And the, the ones of the, the bigger offenders of that, that I've seen the ones that have decades of experience who think they can fix everything. Mm-hmm. You can't. Sometimes you just you just can't. You're good, and I know I and I know I'm good. But there are things that I'm not good at. So why I don't just go go get fixed and then come on back. Exactly. You want a bunch of people that are specialists, not a uh, jack of all trades. Exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. that's the one that'll jack you up. <laughs> yeah. 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 I. I mean, I I'm loving everything that you're throwing down today, Al. These are like. I usually do the snippets for the social media and I'm like, I got like 20 to pick from this yeah. is making my job real hard. <laughs> yeah. I, I talk a lot. I'll, I'll admit that. <laughs> hey, but luckily everything I say is so existentially just entertainingly educational and perfect. You're not going to have any problem. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad I threw the humble word in there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, I think we pretty much covered everything I oh, right had on, on here. I mean, we, we ran through that list. Now, I can't let you off the hook just yet, though, because okay. there's one big question. Oh, here we go. One that I ask every single person when they come on this show. And it really tells you a lot. So are you ready? Let's do it. You sure? All right. Well, we're going to learn the real Al Painter here. Oh, God. What is your favorite movie and why? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> the favorite movie. Well, okay. So there, there are two, uh, two answers to that single question. Is it animated or is it live action? Or can one be both? I would say all together, one category. We'll, we'll group them all together. Okay. Then I'm going to do your fellow Marvel fan listeners a huge solid here and i'm going to tell you not to rent not to stream not to find anywhere else but to buy 
yes, purchase Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Hmm. Okay. If, if the storyline of that movie is just, it's exquisite, right? So long story short, without Batman 89, you don't have Batman the Animated Series, which then you don't have Justice League the Animated Series or Superman the Animated Series. And realistically, you don't ever get the second resurgence of the DC Cinematic Universe, which at times I'm not sure if they're actually trying to do well or not. <laughs> based on what Marvel's doing. But I'll give you Marvel crushing DC on the big screen. DC has got Marvel on the small screen. Yeah. That, without oh, a doubt. The, that's the, a uh, fact. Yeah, the DC animated universe, the movies are amazing. And finally, 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 oh gosh, June the 26th or July 26th, there's a Green Lantern movie coming out animated. Jon Stewart is the main character. So we finally get Jon Stewart as a Green Lantern, which I am so psyched about. Love Hal Jordan, love Kyle Rayner, Guy Gardner. Eh. But, the, you know, I, I wanted to see Jon Stewart's backstory because it's really, really interesting. So okay. Batman Mask of the Phantasm, you have Batman taking on the Phantasm. Don't spoil it too much. It's a great story. Joker's in there. Mark Hamill turns in one of his seminal performances as the character. Luke Skywalker plays the Joker. That alone right there is worth it. Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, is a Juilliard-trained actor. Hmm. Yes, Juilliard. That is so, interesting. Yeah, he's got the chops, man. And Bruce Tim just created something super amazing. Batman the Animated Series gave us Harley Quinn, which gave us Suicide Squad, which gave us Birds of Prey right? Which that helped Margot Robbie a little bit, right? So you don't get those movies without Batman. The well, I mean, series. Birds of Prey kind of bombed, but... <laughs> well, if you're not a hardcore nerd, yeah, <laughs> then yeah. But if you're a hardcore nerd, you know who the other characters were? See, I, I watched those movies through the lens of a nerd. So to me, I, I understand a lot more of what's going on because I know the backstories. Like for the the last uh, Tim Nolan Batman movie, uh, The Dark Knight Rises, was a combination of three story arcs, Nightfall, uh, oh gosh, No Man's Land, where Gotham gets devastated by an earthquake, and I think Contagion or something like that. Hmm. But he, he brought them all together for one film. And I understood a lot of those other stories, how they meshed together. So I enjoyed it a lot more than the regular folks like Green Lantern, a lot of people like, oh my God, worst movie ever. <laughs> but I liked it because I'm a nerd. I'm like, oh, cool, look at constructs on the screen. That's pretty awesome. You know, so yeah, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, really, Abe Bogota voices one of the characters. And okay. it's it's really good. It's with 70 minutes, 75 minutes. And that that's probably my favorite movie of all time. I've probably seen that. It came out in, oof. 90 Christmas of 90, 90, 91, something like that. I've also seen that movie a hundred times. Like when someone says, oh, I've seen it a hundred times, like I've actually seen it probably a hundred <laughs> times. It is that good. It's that good. So that's there you awesome. Go. I, I haven't heard that one yet. That is definitely a good one. Now I got to follow up with who is your Batman and who is your Joker? Oh, well, let's see. Again, are we live action or are we animated? Both. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'll give you a break on this one. We'll go live action and then we'll go uh, like cartoon or animated. Okay. You know, Heath Ledger captured a lot of the maniacal evil 
of the Joker. But I think Jack Nicholson was probably a little bit better just because he brought the Joker's flair to the character, right? And, you know, five, six years ago, I would never have said this, but I think Ben Affleck was the best Batman. And I've seen the new one with Robert Pattinson, which is really good. I enjoyed it. A little long in the tooth in the middle, but the bookends of the movie are really, really good. And Christian Bale was great. But the voice, the voice at the end, you know, the last couple was like, no, man. A little too much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Ben Affleck was great because the writers of that character captured the essence of the just fury inside of Batman when he's fighting all those thugs, when he's saving Martha Kent. Like, that's that's the quintessential Batman. That is uh, Miller, Frank Miller's Batman right there. Right. So Ben Affleck did a wonderful job on both sides of the cape and cow. Right. I think Christian Bale was really good as Bruce Wayne. Is Batman the second two wasn't quite as strong. I think Michael Keaton was great as Batman. His Bruce Wayne wasn't as strong. Val Kilmer's Bruce Wayne was good as Batman. Well, those movies are right off, but yeah, whatever. Right. Joel Schumacher movies. Those fillers. Oh my God, they're terrible. <laughs> But uh, yeah, probably uh, for sure, for sure, for sure, Affleck live action and Kevin Conroy as animated Batman. Although, although, although Dietrich Bader also voiced Batman in Batman Brave and the Bold. Okay. He was pretty good. That's a fun show. That's a really fun show. And then Mark Hamill, for sure, as the Joker. I mean, if you're going to do the Joker animated, if you're not getting Mark Hamill, what's the point? And then probably... Probably Jack as the uh, the live action Joker. Yeah, that that animated Mark Hamill laugh for Joker oh. is that stays in your head. <laughs> you can't get rid of it. Right. Yeah, there is a uh, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. It's a story where essentially the Joker clones himself, puts himself into Tim Drake, who then turns into the Joker later on. And there's a scene in the middle where the Joker shows how he does it, and it's it's almost disturbing to watch. It's that good. Yeah, I was okay. just like, oh, <laughs> oh, I need a hug. Where's my where's my binky, my teddy bear? This is some disturbing stuff, and I love it. I think DC needs to revamp that whole thing, like kind of how Marvel did with What If. Like if they could just bring that, like a new kind of best of all that. Uh, I think that would hit so well. Right? Did you ever see there was a uh, Batman Spider-Man crossover? They did I didn't see that. No. Graphic novels were so good. So imagine the the uh, sarcastic, witty, quippy Spider-Man with the dark, straight, serious Batman. You put them together in a story. Really good. That does sound pretty good. I feel yeah. like Spider-Man just is like that that bridge. It's like sony and disney dc and marvel they always find a way to like make spider-man be involved yes i don't know why it's that one character that's just everywhere well who's your favorite spider-man then of the three who are on the screen well, at the same time for the last movie i mean i grew up with toby Maguire. that okay, was like know. when i was a teenager like a preteen. it was all toby but i do like tom holland's better i yeah. do the stories he, are, are better. He brings the, the kid component to it because Spider-Man is a kid. He's not yes. like 
an adult like Toby was. He, Toby was in that era of like early 2000s where they tried making 30 year olds look like teenagers. <laughs> and you're like, all right, these people are not in high school. <laughs> like, right. like James Franco is like 25 in that. There's no way he's a, he's a high schooler. It's just not, it's not accurate. Right. But, yeah. The stories are better with Tom Holland. The right. Yeah. Just in way he's incorporated into the Avengers and everything else. Yeah. 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 I like the direction they're going with that. Like with all the kids coming up, it's, it's going in a good direction. I'm looking forward. I'm hoping that Miles Morales gets a turn as Spider-Man. Yeah. Like live cool. action though. I want, I want yeah. to see like the live action version, version of Miles Morales. Cause he might have the best story. Yes. Like of all the Spider-Man. Yeah. And I think uh, into the multiverse is supposed to have a sequel pretty quick, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They're like back to back. I forget. Um, Oh, what is the comics that there's that they're going after? Like, there's a big like crossover event that's about to happen, and I can't remember. I'm really spacing on what the series of comics was that they're going off of. But basically, at, like now that the multiverse is open, there's a world of possibilities of who they can come and bring in, and it's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, I don't. That's really bothering me now. That's going to, I'm going to be thinking about that all night or the second we, the second we hang up, I'll be like, damn it. I now I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I guess we'll leave everyone on that cliffhanger then. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, and what, uh, real quick before I go, what comic book sites do you go to? Honestly, I'm big on like the YouTube recaps because I like okay. seeing the people. Cause I never grew up with the comics like in when they were in their heyday like this i guess the 70s 80s maybe would be like the comic like when people would actually read it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was more the animated series on tv so i like hearing the people that like know every comic front to back and then they give their synopsis so that's where i've been going okay. to okay superhero hype is good comic book review is good and Batman online or Batman dash online, something like that is good. Yeah, I'll have to check the, them out. The DC nerds, Holy Batcast is such a good pod. It's a great show. <laughs> Holy Batcast? Holy Batcast, yeah. <laughs> that I'll have to check out for sure. I just love the name. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. It's a good show. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the recommendation and I really appreciate having this awesome talk. I know I got a crap ton out of it. I hope everybody else did. Um, and Al, before we hop off, you want to tell people where to find you? Yeah, before I get going, thank you so much for having me on, Brian. And that's probably one of the best post-fitness conversations I've probably ever had <laughs> in all the pods that I've hosted or been a guest on. So that was pretty sweet. I could talk comic book nerdery all night. Love it. <laughs> They can go to integratefitness.com. And then from there, you can jump off into my YouTube channel. Just scroll down, little icons are there. At Do You Integrate on Instagram and Facebook, I have the sarcastically caffeinated, or I'm sorry, sarcastically fit caffeine cave Facebook group, which the coffee memes alone are worth checking out the group. And a fair warning on my blog, on the site, and my Instagram account. The exercises are boring. They are basic, but they are pretty damn effective. I, that's the best way to do it. All right. Well, 
We'll leave it there again. Thank you very much. Until next time, guys, go kick some ass and I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave a five-star review and make sure to go hit that subscribe button so that way you don't miss another episode of the Fitness and Nutrition Simplified Podcast. 